sorry, man, if I'm a little irritable. A nigga ain't ate, you know, a nigga on keto, and a nigga ain't ate since earlier. So my body's in need of something to eat right now. <laughs> Damn. Sorry, fuck. Sorry, fam. Nah, I ain't no what you apologizing for, nigga. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm the one that's putting pressure on you to to do this today. Nah, man. Right nah, now. man. You know, we got to get in for the listeners, man. I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to leave them without, without something this week, even if I'm going to be out of town. Got you. Got you. But uh, let's not even waste time. My Chipotle getting cold. So ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs, welcome to another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. The podcast where two young professionals bring issues to the table and chop it up. I'm your host, Marvin, a.k.a. Young Saint, a.k.a. YS, God bless, walking out of your parents' bedroom after relieving your mom's stress, a.k.a. Mr. Flexo and the Lexo, about to make your best hoe my next hoe, a.k.a. Turnpike Marv, since your lady is for the streets, a.k.a. That Man Beyond, a.k.a. Somebody's Son and Me and Somebody's Sons. And your favorite co-host, Vax Kellerman, because I'm out here. And the man to the right of me can only be. When did you start writing rap punchlines? <laughs> what happened? God damn, I can't compete with that. It's, it's just Frank, guys. <laughs> it's just Frank today. Nah, man, I'm you had some hard ones. That. I had to get my life together, bro. Uh, yeah, you did that. You Come did on, that. man. You came through with them punchlines like you was trying to get a feature on the J. Cole album. I mean, like, damn. Right here, yo. Say that one. Say that one one more time. What? Gonna take your next hole. What did you say? Oh, uh, it's uh, Flexo and the Lexo. About to make your best hole my next hole. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That was all right. You know, <laughs> nigga been driving a Lexus a little while. I, that one I had in the tuck a no, long time ago. that's what I'm ago. saying. It's all right, because it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Oh, man. That was good. No, nah, man. I don't know what your inspiration was. It probably was the J. Cole album. But whatever your inspiration was, it worked. Hey, man. Hey. Speaking of, I told... Right here, I'm going to enter... Um, Lil Boosie's daughter. I told y'all niggas. I told y'all niggas. <laughs> I told y'all. I sat up on this podcast and I said, no matter what, my new vibe of the week is going to be the first song on J. Cole's album. And my nigga ain't fail me not even a little bit. When I press play, on the off season, that J. Cole drops his new album. If you ain't heard it, I don't know where the fuck you've been. Get from under a rock. When one of the big three step out, it's time to put your ear to, to, to a speaker somewhere. And when I say big three, I'm talking Kendrick, Drake, Cole. Those are your big three. That's who that, those are your big three hitters when it comes to hip hop. So when one of the big three step out, you need to be listening. And this is my favorite of the big three. So when I press play on the off-season, J. Cole's new album, and 95 South started, and Cameron came on the beat, not Killer Cam, Cameron came on the beat, and, and the sampler, You Don't Know, come on now, that blueprint, come on now, that Jay-Z blueprint, 
That nigga made that song just for me. Nigga, I started that shit over like five times. I ain't even hit, I ain't even hit a verse yet. I was like, ooh, stop, call my dog. I like how they used the beat too. Because oh, it yeah. wasn't like just the sample. It was, it was kind of like a flip. So it wasn't like they were subtle and you could say, and you were thinking like, where's this beat from? You knew it was Jay-Z, you don't know. Immediately. But but the way they, they flipped it was nice. The only thing I was sad is that I didn't get a verse from Cam on that song. Because hearing him on it was like, oh, shit, you ain't playing. I, you know but what? don't get me wrong. I ain't mad at the ad-libs, though. I ain't mad at the Cameron ad-libs. That Harlem shit was, was, was hitting for me. I love Cam when he on his, you know, when he on his shit. And then when it go from 95 South, from the New York of Harlem Cameron shit, all the way down to Atlanta, and Lil Jon have you tell you, put your hood up. I'm up here, in the, I'm in the mirror at the crib. Doing a little 305 with my teeth out, like I got goals and shit, like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was dope. I mean, he's he started off right. Bruh. He started it off right. It definitely grabbed your attention from the jump. Like if you had intentions on skimming through it and wondering, like, let me just see what's on here, you couldn't do it on that track. You probably started skimming on the next track, not that one. That one you let play. Right. And what I liked was when he released the album, the first, like the first 24 hours, you didn't see the features. Like it didn't tell you who was on it. It just had the song. So when they updated the playlist and they actually like gave you who was on it, that's actually after everybody had already heard it. So you didn't know who was on the album. So when 21 Savage hopped on, I was like, my, like, I don't know what it is about 21 Savage and J. Cole, but they got a good vibe going. Um, they had that song, I want to say like last year or the year before. It could have been 2019. You know how COVID destroyed 2020. But they had that song a lot. a lot. This song, I want to say it had it had a similar feel to it. I'm not sure if it was sampled from it or not, but the cadence of the song was similar to a lot. So, And again, on a lot, they, they worked very well on that song. So again, with that same cadence and feel, they both killed that track. Killed it. And I feel like I don't know. I feel like 21, 21 came on sliding move. <laughs> like 21 have his best verses. Like to me, this is the best 21 verse I ever heard. I I I can't say it's the best, but I'm not gonna argue. It was a good verse. It was a tough verse. You can't name a verse better. Cause how many 21 Savage verses can you That's really why I said take? I'm not gonna argue with you. <laughs> That's why I said I'm not gonna argue with you. And let's not let's let's not skim past my man Moray on the on the hook. Oh come on, you know I wasn't I wasn't I was getting to him. I was getting to, I got the okay. I I got the whole track list right here. <laughs> I'm going song for song. <laughs> I'm staring at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> from from Moray to that, uh, that I loved Amari. By the way, I don't mean to skip over Amari. Amari was a good follow up song after '95 South. Oh yeah, definitely. Applying pressure, I like that shit. I love Cold Cadence on Applying Pressure. Honey Mill, Honey Mill is my shit on this album. See, it's only 12 tracks. You can't name all the songs to be your shit because I'm about to ask you pick one. Pick one? Come on, bro. Don't even do all that. <laughs> not when not when Lil Baby is on the song right after that and Pride is the Devil. Pride is the Devil. That's my shit, too. But if I had to pick one, 95 South not included. If I had to pick one, Hunger on the Hill, on the Hillside. Hunger on the Hillside was dope. Hunger on the Hillside is your type of rap. The, 
That's your when I heard it, is, it ain't it? I said, I hope <laughs> I hope Frank listened to the whole album. Because I know no, Frank I, like the skim I listen to from the time whole to time. Thing. But I hope he listened to the whole album. Like, don't get me wrong, when 95 South came on, it came on strong. And I was like, all right, I'm with it. Let the whole thing play. And when Hung on Hillside came on, I was like, oh, this is me. This is this is my vibe. Right. How? So yeah, I mean, he he did his thing with this album, man. He did his thing. He let the fans wait a little bit, and when he delivered, he didn't disappoint. Not at all. There's people calling it an instant classic. See, you've only heard it one round. I mean, but again, he's part of the big three. Like, I'm not, I'm not even gonna be surprised with them type of talks. The only time I'd be surprised is when one of the big three drop a, an album, and people are looking at him like, I don't know about this. That's when I'm surprised. But those three guys have been consistent. I mean. Drake has been consistent the longest because he's been in the game the longest. Well, on this stage the longest. But, I mean, from the moment those guys dropped, like, in my opinion, they didn't miss. Not once. I agree. I can't think of one, one album. You may think of a song you don't like. Right. But you can't trash albums. I mean, but one thing I would say, though, out of the big three, I think J. Cole get the most hate, and I don't understand why. I don't understand the hate he receives. Cole don't, doesn't play to the to the media much. Like Kendrick is the most independent, commercial ass artist that there is out there. You know what I mean? Like Kendrick has a lot of acceptance in in a lot of spaces that J Cole don't try to get acceptance in, and that's no that's his thing. And sometimes it's to his detriment. I I stand by that, but that's his thing. He he do his little. Think about the little think about the rollout of this of this album. You talking, he put out the interlude song, which to me, like I said on this podcast last week, it was mid. It has grown on me a little bit, but it was mid. Oh, he released that LA Leakers. I mean, that 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 freestyle he did with the LA Leakers, which I don't care. That was fire. Woo! That's when I got hyped for the album. That's when I was like, okay, okay. He put out a little 12-minute documentary, and we all by now, no, Cole is playing for the for what? What is the African country he's playing for now? He's playing for the Rwandan Patriots. Well, it's a league in Rwanda, but the name of the team is the Patriots. I don't know if because Rwanda is the country. I don't know if the Patriots represents a specific city, but I know that's the name of his team is the Patriots in Rwanda. Hey, I mean, it was an interesting rollout, but that's different from Drake, who going drop the song for the summer or. Or Kendrick, who who will give you something intellectual to think on, but may release another track, maybe even a week after. That's gonna be another song that may go that's gonna have a big artist on it, like a a Rihanna. A, a, hell, Kendrick might even have Beyonce on the album. Like you know what I'm saying? Like Cole doesn't put, Cole goes out of his way to not have like a lot of features. He doesn't really pull for the for the hugest. Like I'm sure Cole got a Rolodex. Like I mean, he's Jay Z. He was the first artist. On, on Rock Nation. Like, he could pull some big ticket people to show up. Yeah, he was featured on a song, Every Day a Star is Born. Still one of my favorite J. Cole verses to this day. And even he, feel, even he felt the way that he thought he was at least going to get the third verse. And Jay, Jay-Z wrote a third verse and gave Cole the fourth verse. So he, <laughs> he still feel a way about that. He done mentioned it a couple times. But at the end of the day, like I said, I think it's to his detriment, kind of the way he plays it, and he does get a lot of hate. But man, 
he don't miss. And it's not a lot, and not no, all not of them make all. classic albums. Cause I don't, there's a lot of people who say Drake doesn't have a classic album, start to finish, back to front, classic album. Kendrick has one. Kendrick may have two. I don't know if you could say that about Drake. I don't agree with that. A lot of people say, a lot of people say Drake doesn't have an album that you could play from start to finish. That would be considered the blueprint of his of his catalog. Or the black. Think about it. Jay-Z alone, and I mean, I understand who I'm comparing him to, but Jay-Z has the blueprint, the black album. He has American Gangster, many consider a class. Like there's there's so much in his That's catalog. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Agre- period. Agreed. There's so many things in his catalog that people could consider to be a classic. I don't know if Drake has that album yet. But I mean, look who you're comparing them to. Like this conversation we're having we're having right now, that would be the equivalent of saying, and I don't even want to say Allen Iverson, but for the sake of this, it'd be like somebody saying, I don't know if Allen Iverson that good, because look what Jordan did at the two guard. And it's like, but look who you comparing them to. You're comparing them to the best guy that ever did it. It doesn't diminish what AI did. You get what I'm saying? But look at who so I'm gonna compare him to his class. I think Cole has one to two classic albums. Kendrick is not even, I'm not even my, Kendrick is like my the three of the top three to me personally, and that's just me. Yeah, we had this talk, and, and I, that's just personal preference. It's just I personal it. preference, and I still can say, I think Kendrick has two classic albums. The Pimp a Butterfly, and I think Damn is one hell of a classic album. I don't think it gets enough credit. I mean, he won, was it a Pulitzer for Damn? That's impressive. Was it for Damn or to Pimp a Butterfly? Damn, it was his last album. Okay. But you see what I'm saying? Like, look at what we're talking about here. And yeah. we I'm comparing them to niggas but in this I, class. I'm not comparing, I'm not even I even removing Jay-Z away. Tell me the classic Drake album. Listeners, if you disagree with us or disagree with me personally, because I don't think Frank is is in agreement with me, tell me what J, what Drake's classic album is. And I'm a big Drake fan. But what is Drake's classic album? Argue with us in the comments, argue with us on Twitter. Argue with us on Instagram. Frank will clip this, and it'll be the thing that goes out. But there it is. Speaking of Drake, his 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 rap sister slash women woman he's always flirting with, <laughs> uh, Nicki Minaj. His play play sister. His play play sister. No, that's that's his play play cousin. <laughs> uh, Nicki Minaj released. Uh, you know, like many of the rappers have done, who've had. Big big mixtapes and finally got all the got all the samples cleared and now can put them on these streaming services, these huge streaming services. And I'm so happy they're doing that. Now. Yeah, so, so you know we got so far that. gone. We got who else was able to put one of their big mixtapes? Big Crit was here, which is my all time number one favorite mixtape. Big Crit was here, is put on. Um, uh, Lil Wayne put put out. Uh, uh, no ceilings. My second favorite. Mixtape of hey, all time. Hey, but Nicki released, beam me up, re-released, I'll say, beam me up Scotty, which is one of her biggest mixtapes, was one of the things that put her on the map for this rapidy rap shit. And a lot of her fans were super excited about it. And I, I could totally see that. Um, she actually so. added two new songs. Uh, most of the one that we're gonna talk about today is the one that everybody was talking about, is the the new song where her and Drake. Well, let me rephrase. You can't even say her and not 
and not be specific anymore because her is a whole artist now. So the new song with Nicki, Drake, and Wayne, and we all know that combination right there. Fucking fire. Dropping Seeing Green. And one thing I like about this song is I feel like everybody went back to kind of like an older flow. Like, I feel like Nikki tapped into like one of her... I can tell she had been listening to Be Me Up, Scotty when she wrote this. At least that's my feel. I even feel like Drake leaned into some of his older flow, which is, to be honest, that's my favorite Drake flow. I'm not a big fan of Drake's current flow, but some of his older flow, he he went into his bag a little bit and I'm feeling it. It's like they all tapped into 2010, 2011 version of themselves. You, you're right. You're right. It, it felt very YMCMB, Young Money. Like, it felt... It felt... Fuck every girl in the world. That, that vibe. That vibe. Like, they were still right. on the tour bus with each other all day, every day, writing and rapping and writing and rapping. Like, it just felt... It gave me that good energy. You know what I mean? But you want to know what got me into the song? Because when I saw all three was on the song, I wasn't in a rush to go hear it. Why? What made me rush to go hear it was... Now, I don't know if you remember this, but a while ago, it was a viral clip that was posted on Twitter. It was a dude. He's a producer, unknown producer. He's sitting in the front seat of his car, and he put this beat together, and it was fire. And a lot of people kind of hit him up about it. Even Meek Mill was hitting him up. was like, yo, we should link up or whatever. So somebody tweeted out a clip of him playing a beat. It was like, oh, it's dope that Nicki reached out to him to get the beat for the song Seeing Green. So when I heard that was the beat being used, I was like, oh shit, I thought his beat was hard as fuck. So I went, that's what made me rush to go listen to the song. And when I, when I played it, it is the beat, but it's just slowed down just a tad bit. But all in all, it's a dope beat. It's a dope I do beat. wish they would have kept that up tempo though. It's a do- I never heard the original, so I, I have no judgment to it. I like the version I, I've heard so far. But what made you about that, about that combo that you really weren't running to go, go listen to? These are three of rap's heavy hitters. That's why. That's why. That's right. why I'm pushing because I really kind of want to know: Were you just turned off by something of the past, or like what made you not really want to fuck with it? The thing was, the reason I wasn't—I'm not going to say I wasn't fucking with it. The reason I wasn't in a rush to check it out because I didn't expect them to tap into the hungrier versions of themselves. Okay. The thing is, after artists like this have been out for a while, like okay, put it like this: the last few songs that Nicki put out on her own didn't ring any bells with me. The last few songs that Wayne put out on his own didn't ring any bells with me. I can't say the same for Drake. Like, Drake, What's Next, been playing... I think I played that song maybe three times today. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I can't say the same with Drake. But the other two is like, they haven't been their hungrier selves. So it's like, all right, whatever. But... When I went back and played it, I was like, okay, I'm glad I played it when I did because, it, again, they tapped into whatever it was that made them hungry and made them want to be stars and made them want to impress people. They did that. They tapped into the version of themselves that everybody was scared to compete against. Wayne sounded like mixtape Wayne. Drake sounded like, you know, so far gone up until Scorpion Drake. And Nicki was, I mean... Nikki was Nikki. Yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a monster verse like because I believe Nikki had the hardest verse on that song. Monster. I don't care what anybody says, man. I don't care what anybody says. Ain't nobody's verse harder on that song. And when I say who's on this song, you're gonna be like, what? 
I'm going to remind you. You have Kanye West. You have Jay-Z. You have Rick Ross. Nikki bodied all three of them niggas. And this is on my dark twisted fantasy. This is this was on Kanye when he was still the man in rapping. This is, I mean, Jay-Z has always been the man in rapping, and Rick Ross is a beast. So for her to be lined up against those guys and come out on top, and it wasn't on top by a slim margin. Now, if you listen to that song, without a doubt, you're saying, yo, she killed that shit. She outperformed all of them, brought more energy than the rest of them. Her punchlines was dope. I'm not talking about a woman and her punchlines no more, because apparently we got a listener that, that gets their panties in a bunch when I talk about a female rapper. So whoever you are, you kiss my ass. Nah, nigga, the, the listeners be thinking you be getting your panties in a bunch. Somebody say you wearing lace, you wearing, you wearing lace uh, boy shorts now. The same listener, by the way, because they heard how uh, annoyed you were, and they were like, "Frank, Frank, you could tell Frank laying his little lace boy shorts and shit." And he and he listened to and he listened to pussy talk at the house. Man, I done heard many of insults in my day. Ain't nobody ever told me no shit like that. <laughs> laying in lace panties, I can't even get upset at that one. <laughs> Got a hell of imagination if you're thinking about me and Lace Panties. Hey, man. Texting Bay, when you coming home? (laughs) (laughs) Not these days. When she be gone, I be like, okay, I got time to play video games. (laughs) Ask my wife the last time I texted when you coming home. (laughs) I got a long time. I'm going to take full advantage. Eat my pizza rolls, play my video games, watch my movies that I know she don't like. Hey, you got to get your time in where you get your time in. Tell me about it. Man, hey, speaking of new music, let's talk about some of these younger, uh, some of these younger cats. Hey, have you seen? Cause you know, you know, Lil Uzi and JT from City Girls are dating, right? Yes. You know they got each other's name tatted on them. Did not know that. And I know that's young shit. I, I get that. But you know, you know what that told me? They finna break up soon. Yeah. I mean, I didn't... It's certain couples that... I mean, I, this may sound fucked up, but it's certain couples when you see them, you kind of just get the inkling, like, I don't think they're going to make it. <laughs> so when they can't... <laughs> hey, I ain't going to lie to you. I never was like, you know what? They a forever couple. <laughs> like, they this new generation, right. Jay-Z and Beyonce. They going to they gonna weather the storm. Like, couples that when I see them together, it's like, okay, they look like they can go. They look like... They go like you know, Big Sean and Janae. It's like okay, they they, go. they look like they they fit each other. But Uzi and JT is like, oh, I didn't know y'all was a thing. And I seen them. They had a photo shoot recently. Like they both was like in their drawers or some shit. And he was smaller than her. <laughs> Just looked weird. <laughs> Just looked weird, man. It's like she hugged him around his waist. <laughs> <laughs> It's like hey. he's always the little spoon by default. Damn. Damn, not the little spoon. And, and ladies, sometimes we want to be hugged too. <laughs> but we ain't trying to be the little spoon by default. I ain't, but we ain't trying to be the little spoon. Even when Frank wears wear his um lace front, his lace, his lace boy shorts, he ain't trying to be the little spoon. Don't knock the lace. It's breathable. No chafing. 
y'all heard it from Frank first. Uh, that's why he wear the lace. Um, speaking of breakups, because because they gonna break up. They gonna break up. We just gonna move past them. They gonna break up. <laughs> <laughs> they gonna move past them. They breaking up. Um, when just quick, we don't gotta stay on the topic long. When should you start dating after a breakup? As I said on the on the last episode, you've already surpassed the Super Bowl of commitment and all this other shit. As you lorded, as you reminded me, you got a mortgage and I don't, right? Because <laughs> you a grown yes. up and I'm not. So kids too, you got to remember kids that too. Kids too, kids too, and I, and I'm gonna be very, I'm gonna be very, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay off you with the kids this this episode. Everybody said Marvin. You better. You you was pushing buttons. I'm not. So. <laughs> yeah, I I ain't gonna lie. Normally, see, yeah, which I don't realize every week when me and Marvin talk, he try to figure out a new way to push my buttons. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Last week you succeeded because I didn't see that one coming. I give it to because when I went back and listened to the episode, I listened to how fast I reacted when you said that shit. I'm like, this nigga got me. <laughs> I walked you into this it. This nigga got me. <laughs> if you didn't beep, I walked you right into that conversation. I literally was like, so he takes your wife. You okay with that? Yeah, yeah. He can have her. I'm over. I'm in a new relationship. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, but when he playing stepdaddy to your kids, nigga, some bass got in your voice. He was like, ain't nobody playing stepdaddy to my kids. I'll be goddamn. <laughs> nigga turned into James Earl Jones. <laughs> like, nigga, Nigga became Mufasa on this shit on me. <laughs> Bruh, man, that was my trigger. I clearly see that now. <laughs> but um, to answer your question, when should you start dating after a breakup? To be honest with you, I think you should start, I think you should start dating the moment you can put a sentence together without crying. Mm. So the moment you, man, now I'm not saying once you're healed, you can still be hurt and broken, but I think the rebound process of after a breakup of dating people you really shouldn't be with, I think that's healthy. And I think that's part of the healing process. Because when you dating folks on the rebound, you're going after what you lacked in a previous relationship. And sometimes what you feel you lack may not be what you need. Mm. So Say you that. May need... Say that again. Rewind. I ain't even going to cut this. <laughs> Say that again. Go ahead. So sometimes the things you felt you lacked in your previous relationship might not be what you need. So you might have to go out and experience that and realize that, okay, you know what? I thought I may wanted this, but this ain't for me. So although, yeah, you may look at a person that's dating people on a rebound as, damn, that's a shitty thing to do. You didn't have any real intentions to get with this person. And I can't argue that. However, it's healthy for your healing process. I mean... Yeah, you was a bad date for them, but they'll be okay. They'll live. They're not going to be too hurt over you. <laughs> However, <laughs> I know that sounds cold as fuck, but it's it's, it's my truth. I, I think that's I think it holds true. But yeah, I think you should go through that. I think, and honestly, I think it helps speed up the healing process for you once you know what's not for you. I thought we were gonna argue. <laughs> this how I came on. I was ready to argue because Frank, you know, Frank hit us with the last last week. Frank hit us with the if I'm over her, who am I to be worried about? Da da. So you hit me with that last week. I never know who you're gonna be depending on the week. Like I never know who you're gonna be. So this week, this week I got okay. I know this nigga. This the nigga I know. So let's talk, bro. So I agree. To me, oh, you do. I agree wholeheartedly. To get over somebody, 
You got to get up under somebody. That's just it. See, I wasn't. I didn't phrase it like that, but yeah, okay, same thing, bro. Sometimes you just gotta fuck out your issues. <laughs> it just, it just is what it. A couple of nuts can clear your mind. Don't act like you get. You don't get this amazing sense of clarity after a good nut. Like you get one oh, off, of you get one off. You be like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm all right. You never heard the saying of when they be like. If you want to know if you really, if you, if you want to know whether it's love or lust, beat off first. And if you still want to get at them, then you know you really like them. How many times has Jurgen saved you from being around somebody you really ain't want to be around? <laughs> a few times. <laughs> Jurgens and some Carmen Hayes, some some Jasmine Cashmere. You about to send that <laughs> you up text? And you be like, holy, you know what? I really shouldn't be over there. Let me go. Let me go take care of myself real quick. Let me pull this laptop out. <laughs> let me pull this laptop out. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes a, a a good one, a good one off, man. It it it'll bring, it it brings some inspiration. Frank, you never got one off and be like, babe, I just had an epiphany. I I know the exact type of roof to put on that bitch. Let me run downstairs and get some work done. I'm going to be right back. Just after getting a one you good one off. You can't think and function when you're horny. It's damn near impossible. I mean, look at Bill Gates. He fucked up everything with Microsoft, all because he was horny. Nigga built a trillion-dollar company <laughs> trying to run around with employees, trying to get his penis rubbed. Hey, I saw one podcast said Bill Gates was out here being Bill Dates. Like he was out here, he was out here everywhere, boy. He was on the he was on the Microsoft Rolodex, like, fuck the, fuck the fuck. Oh, who is this? Bill Gates. All right. So you know when people ask them hypothetical questions like, who can you not picture having sex? And usually people say something like, Oh, my parents or some bullshit. Bill Gates was so far up on that list. Yeah. Yeah. That nobody even bothered to mention him. It's like, oh shit, yeah, I guess I would name Bill Gates. Like, I can't even see that nerd having sex. All the while, he's chilling he on Epstein Island dude. and shit. <laughs> hey, he out here, he out here, he out here getting them better than you. <laughs> like taking Man. them to private islands and shit. You can't anybody who I see chill with Epstein, whether it was a dinner, a, a photo op, or whatever. I automatically assume you some weird sex fiend. Because you ain't got no business to be hanging out with that man if you ain't. You have no business knowing him if you're not that type of person. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I got no argument with you. Whenever I see pictures <laughs> of somebody, I be like, damn, not him. Come on, Bill. <laughs> like, and then when it was Bill... I'm just hoping. When it was Bill Clinton, I was like, we already knew that. <laughs> We already knew this. I said the same thing when I saw a picture of Bill Clinton with him. I was like, I'm not surprised he get down like that. <laughs> not even shocked. Not surprised at all. Not even shocked. I'd be hurt if I see a picture of Barack Obama with him, though. I'd be like, oh, damn. Exactly. That's why I say, you know what? If you got to get in the arms of a new woman, run back to an old piece, sometimes a nut, you'll just you'll think back. like After that clarity, you'll look back, you'll be like... Man, that whole one shit. 
or sometimes you'll think about when you should have beat off and you didn't, and now you got them cringe thoughts like, I can't believe I did that. No, I'm, I'm talking about the girl who, your ex, who you just left. You start to be like, you know what? That whole one shit. <laughs> she wasn't shit, and I was good. I was, I, I, look at how many people want me. I'm good. <laughs> God damn it. That's another thing. It's a confidence booster, too, and that's important. Yeah. Go a long way. Sometimes you got to remind yourself on why you are who you are. Hey, I've got nothing to say to you regarding that. But on, on all serious note, <laughs> on a serious note, uh, I, I, I was reading and most people say, uh, if you're going to start the serious date, like I'm not talking like the shit we talk about, that's like the in-between while you get over your, you know, you deal with your own emotions and shit. But most people don't seriously date depending on how long that, that previous relationship was for like six months to a year. At least that's what they say. And that sounds feasible. I think that sounds fair. That sounds feasible. That sounds fair. Because if you was the person who came right after, like, the person who they text, like, two, three weeks later just to fill in the void of somebody to text and talk to, I ain't gonna lie to you. It might not be good for you. Sorry. That's another thing. You gotta know what role you're playing, too. So if you're talking to somebody and you be like, oh, you know, when was your last relationship? And they tell you, you know, March and we in May. And they'll tell you, like, yeah, we've been together six years. We was together six years. Understand, player, she ain't going to be in your life long. Nah. Go ahead, have whatever little fun you're going to have with her. Don't get them feelings involved because she's going to be gone soon. Yeah. And she's still fucking that nigga. <laughs> that too. Nine times out of that ten. That nigga call her when she's with you. He can call her when she's at your house in her lace boy shorts. <laughs> she's going to put them pants back on and she's going to leave. Yeah. And that's just what it is. Laying right next to you, she she gonna get a text and say, "What time you get home?" Man, that text don't even say all that. That text to say WID. No words, acronyms. She gonna be like, "I gotta go." Like, damn, it's eight thirty on a Saturday. What you got to do? I just gotta go. My grandma, I fell out again. I'm sorry. God damn, not an eye again. She can't read the paper. Shit. Well, let she me go dyslexic. ahead. And, I'm let sorry. me go ahead and get you. Let me go ahead and get you back to the house. <laughs> Dumbass, driving her ass right to some dick. <laughs> and then the nigga, the nigga waiting there on the porch for her, looking like damn, who's that? That's my brother. Nigga, palm her ass and everything right in front of you. <laughs> damn. Just take it on the chin, homie. This episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast is brought to you by our proud sponsor, FND. FND, we're more than just clothing. We are the culture, we are the people, we are you. Visit us at FND.com. That's E-F-E-N-D-E-E.com. To save 10% on all purchases, use coupon code SamuraiPro at checkout. Speaking of um your little player days right after you get out of a breakup. Let's talk about some other players, some basketball players. Like, you know, the 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 playoffs are 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 about to get started. Um, I know you're a big fan. For you, the playoffs start today. Everybody else, the playoffs started yesterday. Okay, I'm, you're right. You're right. As we record this Wednesday, 
the playoffs do start for me. This is, this is why we're recording a little early. Plus, I'm you know I'll be out of town. Whatever, whatever. But I know you're a fan of 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 a couple of players podcast. You know we're both fans of the I Am Athlete podcast, which is a, a the podcast with a lot of the football players that we grew up knowing. A lot of them are connected to the Dolphins in, in some way, form, or fashion, or Florida in general. Um, but I know you listen to another yeah, um, Florida, another basketball podcast. All the smoke with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so recently, the gentleman from All the Smoke did, made some headlines because uh, they had a recent episode with Gilbert Arenas, and I happened to listen to that episode. And it was a, it was in all honesty, it was a good episode. Gilbert Arenas went ahead and he pretty much laid out his whole basketball career, and it was, sounded like a conversation amongst friends. Gilbert talked about his time in high school and his experience, his time in college and his experience, and his pro career. And if y'all know who Gilbert Arenas is, you know at one point he played for the Washington Wizards. And around the time he played for the Washington Wizards, they had a gentleman on the team named Kwame Brown, who at one point was the number one overall draft pick. The thing with Kwame Brown was he was drafted straight out of high school by Michael Jordan, because at the time Michael Jordan owned the team. And then like a year later, Michael Jordan came out of retirement. He gave up the team to become a, a player again. And during his time playing for the Washington Wizards, Michael Jordan and Kwame Brown butt heads, but it wasn't so much a button heads. Jordan used to chew his ass out. And I mean, if you saw the last dance documentary, you know how Jordan was with his teammates. He was super intense. So anyway, Kwame Brown had a poor career with the Washington Wizards, ended up being traded to the Los Angeles Lakers, where he played alongside Kobe Bryant. Just for clarity. Just for clarity. Just for clarity. You said Kwame Brown had a poor career with the Wizards. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take that off. No, I'm going to take that off of you. Kwame Brown had a poor career. Go ahead. Continue. (laughs) I was going to get to that because after being chewed out and having your confidence deflated by Michael Jordan, he goes on to play alongside of Kobe Bryant. Now, if anybody knows Kobe Bryant, I know Marvin knows Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant is not much different than Jordan. Kobe Bryant is very intense. If you listen to anybody who knows Kobe Bryant and hear how he was, they'll tell you Kobe Bryant was tougher on himself in practice than he was in games. And Kobe Bryant expected no less from his teammates. So Kwame Brown had it tough. So long story short, like you said, he had a poor career. And he's the butt of damn near every joke. When you talk about NBA busts, he's always number one. Nobody talks about Greg Oden. Nobody even talks about the guy Bennett who was drafted to the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's always Kwame Brown. And... It's always a few clips that come up. It's the clip from Stephen A. Smith that comes up where he just, when Kwame Brown was traded to the Lakers, there's a clip of Stephen A. Smith talking about it. And I mean, it was disrespectful as fuck. Oh, it was disrespectful as fuck. I remember, I remember when the Lakers traded him away. That's really where that clip is from, when the Lakers traded him away and how he said, regardless of what the Lakers got back, they got rid of Kwame Brown. <laughs> like, Let's all be happy. And as a Laker fan during that time... And that was the yeah. nicest thing yeah. he said in that clip. That was the nicest thing he said. That clip was so disrespectful. I expected Kwame Brown to meet Stephen A in the parking lot after that shit. Right. But anyway, um, so Stephen Jackson, Matt Barnes, and Gilbert Arenas were, were, again, discussing Gilbert Arenas' you know, basketball career. And Kwame Brown came up, and they had a few jokes. I mean, the segment was less than five minutes. They each shot a joke here and there, and that was it. I promise you, it was it was a little bit. The thing was, Kwame had enough. I mean, when enough is enough, 
enough is enough. Kwame got on his Instagram uh, live and started shooting shots at anything breathing. He had something to say about Matt Barnes. He had something to say about Steven Jackson. He even went back and started talking shit about Stephen A. Smith. He told he basically told Stephen A. Smith that he'll slap the shit out of him. Stephen I think A. He Smith mentioned has something about respond- knocking the toupee off his head. <laughs> basically, he said, "Man, I'm gonna slap you so hard off your bald forehead that you gonna think you you know I knocked your toupee back or some shit like that." Stephen A. Smith has since responded, basically saying he ain't want no smoke. And I mean, what else could you say? I mean, the guy is like seven feet tall, 300 pounds. Weight classes exist for a reason. You was not in that man weight class. Let him say what he want to say. Agreed. You talk your shit, let him talk his. Um, Steven Jackson has since responded. Steven Jackson basically said that, you know, I get it. We said something about you, and as a man, you're allowed to respond. But at the same time, understand, you were the first overall pick. I got picked late in the second round. So, the thing is, nobody can say I was sorry in my whole career. Can they say the same about you? So, basically, Steven Jackson basically pointed out the expectations were different. Matt Barnes has since replied. Matt Barnes said, look, you got a lot to say. Come say it on the show. And if you feel that you need to throw hands prior to the show, I'm down to do that too. Kwame Brown has since responded to that too, and he's still talking shit. He hasn't acknowledged throwing hands with Matt Barnes, although... Of course not. Shit, if they put that behind a paywall and say, hey, you know, $5, $10, $20 to see Matt Barnes fight Kwame Brown, I pay it. Well, we know... We know that Matt Barnes is, is an on-site-ass nigga. The same, Matt Barnes is the same nigga who found out his ex-wife was riding around with Derek Fisher, <laughs> another Laker legend, riding around with Derek Fisher somewhere, and Matt Barnes drove 45 minutes to her house to lay hands on Derek Fisher. Matt Barnes, he, he, he wanted to smoke. He was speeding the entire way in L.A. traffic. He wanted to smoke. That's who he is. That's who he is as a person. And no argument here. Matt Barnes probably got hands. I don't think you could be that type of person and not have hands. I mean, even Kobe Bryant called him a crazy motherfucker. That's why Kobe wanted him on the Lakers. Yeah. Everybody Kobe ever had an issue with, anybody Kobe had an issue with, usually when it was a chance to get you, like Kobe used to, we used to go at it with Ron Artest. His mama call him Ron, I'm going to call him Ron. With Ron Artest, a.k.a. Metal World Peace. When we had, they had issues, and Kobe will tell you today, Ron is one of his top five favorite players he ever played with. Matt Barnes Didn't and Kobe. Did he choke Kobe? When no. it was on opposing teams? No. That was a Spreewell thing. That's a totally different thing. Spreewell ain't choke Kobe? Spreewell choked, he? he choked his he coach. He choked his coach. <laughs> okay. Uh, Matt Barnes and Kobe have a classic uh, a classic clip where Matt Barnes tries to fake throwing the ball in Kobe's face and Kobe, like the like the the snake, the 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 mamba that he is, ice in his veins, didn't even flinch. One even scared of that nigga. And the thing is, I mean, the way you said it doesn't do it justice. They was two feet away from each other. So the ball came within inches of Kobe's face and he didn't flinch. And I remember when that happened, and I mean that was all that was all over ESPN. Like, wow, 
he got ice in his veins. Don't nothing rattle him. Just like that. Was that the same game where Kobe dunked on Dwight Howard? I'm not sure. But Kobe did go into the Hall of Fame this year. Um, I mean, literally just this past weekend. I can have I've watched pieces of it. I can't get myself to watch the whole induction part of it. But um I just want to salute Kobe since we're talking about all his teammates at the moment. Just want to salute my dog. Speaking of Tinseltown, speaking of Hollywood, speaking of LA, Donald Glover had some interesting stuff to say about Hollywood and and entertainment earlier this week. Yeah, man. So Donald Glover made news. He basically shut out some tweets talking about creators and the lack of creativity. He says, we're getting boring stuff and not ex- experimental mistakes. Why? Because people are afraid of getting canceled. And I get it. He's in that world more so than I am. But before cancel culture was a thing, we got, quote unquote, boring stuff. And the thing is, Hollywood follows money. Hollywood is not going to experiment with anything they don't believe makes money. So whenever somebody, whenever a creator puts out something that catches fire, everybody follows suit. So that's why you see trends in entertainment. And what I mean by trends, there was one point where horror movie was the trend. So you got you got your Jason, you got your Freddy, you got your Pinhead, you got your Chucky, you got your uh, Candyman. That all came around around the same time frame because at that time, those horror flicks was good. Then down the line, you had a new trend. You had the 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 that that romance. So you romantic comedies, the rom coms. Like, yeah, you had movies like uh, what's the movie where they turned the vampires versus the werewolves? Um, oh, that's not a rom com. You know what I'm talking about. The girls loved it. <laughs> you talk about Twilight. You had the nigga. vampires. <laughs> Twi- thank you. You had Twilight. You had the Twilight you was off the hills of Harry 50 Potter. Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. All that types of shit all thrown right. together. Right now we're in the trend of superheroes. You see everything dealing with superheroes. Hollywood follows the money. Whatever they see hit, that's what they go after. Now, if you want to see something different, you probably might have to put out something independent and have it hit. And then everybody will follow suit and put money behind it. Again, he's in that world more than I am, but I would say that's what he missed. I don't I, think it's creators being scared. I don't it's think just, it's. I think it's some of that. I think that plays a part. I think some of that plays a part. I don't think you could have Martin. The creators being scared. I don't think you could have a Martin show. I don't even think as big as a show as The Office is, where literally NBC created a whole, a whole streaming service called Peacock, and they knew that because everyone loves The Office. That's what get people to come over, right? As big as the show as The Office is, The Office couldn't be made in 2021. It couldn't. Cancel culture has okay, played a I part. Agree. Has played a part in certain people's creativity. Yes. But I have to piggyback off of what you said. Hollywood follows trends. And right now, Hollywood's not even doing trends. Hollywood is looking at proven properties and just remaking them. We had a we had 101 yes. Dalmatians. They're making a Cruella movie live. This new live action version of some shit we already seen as kids. Oh, it's it's new and it's live. Now we have all this new digital shit to make it look cool. But all you're doing is not being creative. We're just tapping on to another story from the past. Even if you're telling the same story from a different 
perspective, it's still the same story. Like, let's not act like they're creating something new. You're taking already proven characters that already have a fan base and doing it again. We're literally living in the world of the remake. That's so Raven has a show again. That's another show. iCarly is apparently coming back. Like, any show, any TV show, any movie is being remade right now. It just got remade. Why? Because it's a proven commodity. There's been enough time that's passed. And now we're going we're gonna to go ahead and, and put out a movie. Because things who have been, that have been proven are just being put out. Superhero stuff? We live in the world of superhero sequels. The Marvel entire in cinematic universe is one really long sequel. 21, 21 stories. One really long sequel. That's not a bad thing when you're giving new stories or putting new perspective on shit. I, I, I understand that. But after a while, it's like, no one got no new stories. Ain't no new character I can fall in love with. I just got to keep watching the same people come out every couple years with a new version of who they are. That, that, that's how I feel about it. I'm actually kind of tired of the remake. I want to I see some new original shit. And see, the thing is, I don't view a remake in the same vein as the as an expansion of the universe of that particular of character. I knew you'd take that so, as a target, as a shot, but go ahead. <laughs> I knew you would defend Marvel. I, I, I knew when I said it, you would defend Oh, it. no, actually, I wasn't. This wasn't even <laughs> defending Marvel. This was more so in the line of Cruella DeVille. So we all were familiar with the movie 101 Dalmatian. We saw it as when it was cartoon, and I think they even remade it with live-action people, if I'm not mistaken. But this movie, Cruella, is an origin story for that villain. I'm okay with that. And Disney did it recently uh, with... Maleficent. They've done it with a lot. I'm okay with that. That's cool. Now, what you brought up, It, again, like, although I went and saw It 1 and 2, I was cool with it, but I could have done without it. Like, um, if but they would have bring back... That same, that same thing. So, what Hollywood did for you was tap into something that you know was a proven commodity in the past, and regardless of if you were ready to rewatch it or not, they got your $12, 17 $20, depending on when you went to the movie, and they got you. By just banking on the right. fact that this is a proven commodity, and we're just going to throw the name back on it with, it with a new cast, boom, put it out there, and they're going to get your money. That's what I'm saying. There's lack of creativity in that vein. That's just my, that's just my opinion. I agree with you. What okay. I'm saying is... I agree with you in that part, but what I'm saying is if you're afraid to be creative in creating something new, it's one thing. But to but to keep coming out with the same thing repackaged is as a fan, it should be unacceptable. Um, but if you were to but if you were to expand on something that you created, that's okay with me. I don't know if I'm explaining myself correctly. No, no, I, I hear where you're coming from. Yeah, so with that being said, it's, again, they follow dollars and trends. And if the dollars and trends is pointing to, hey, we think this could hit, like, honestly, I think the horror trend is going to come back, especially when that Candyman movie drops. I think that's going to do well. But the thing is, we're not going to get new monsters. We're just going to get old ones repackaged. We're probably going to see Freddy and Jason and Chucky again. And it's like, I'm not going to lie. They're probably going to get my money because I like that genre. But I would like to see new monsters and stuff. 
And the thing is, new monsters aren't proven. That's not bankable. I think with a lot of companies, Hollywood is a company. And every and with companies every year. It's more of an industry. Yes, it's an industry. And there's several companies within that industry. And with that being said, everybody, no matter what your business is, everybody has projections. Everybody wants to know how much money they can make or how much money they foresee themselves making. If you're going to put out something new and not proven, that's hard to gauge on how much money you can make on it. Now, if you were to say, all right, let's just make X-Men again, now you can take data. You can say, hey, that cartoon from the 90s did well with this demographic. This, this same demographic has responded incredibly well to what the MCU is doing. So if we were to make an X-Men movie, we can project this movie doing about $2 billion. That's easy to understand. Now, if you were to say, hey, let's come out with, you know, a Batman Beyond movie. Don't nobody know who Batman Beyond is. Hey, don't be disrespectful, my nigga. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just saying you're not first of moving all, in the theaters yet. First of all, Anthony Anderson would play me, and he'd do a great fucking job. He's going to play the same character he plays in Blackish. That's Can me. You see that man? I just don't hero? have kids yet, but that's me. <laughs> He's not a hero in Blackish. He is frustrated and confused more than half the time. And he's a dad, Frank. That man's a father. Exactly. We can't be heroes. We're confused and angry half the time. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to argue with that. On that note, hit me with the your, your old school vibe of the week. Going off the vibes of 95 South on the J. Cole album, Ooh. I had to take it back to the blueprint with Jay-Z, You Don't Know. Hey, my man. I likes that. Had to. I likes that. Okay. No knock on that. Just so y'all know, that 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 You Don't Know is sampled in that 95 South. It, the way they flip the, the, the beat is just so perfect. And I'm gonna piggyback off that, cause my old school vibe of the week, cause you know when they started, when I when I heard him come on the track, I was like, you know what, man, let me go listen to some old killer. So my old school vibe of the week is Hey Ma, by Cameron featuring Joel Santana and you know Freaky Zeke as he was called back in the day. That's one yeah, of my. I remember being in high school and hearing that song for the first time. Hey, right. and you did the little Damn, that song brought back some good memories. That little that weak ass dance. Song. You know, you did that little weak ass little little, little step. <laughs> I'd be lying to you if I say I don't do it again when I hear it. I did it just now when I was talking about it. And I was bro, man, Dipset was running shit, bro. When they came out, Rockefeller they had was the running best shit. Best production team, in my opinion. Rockefeller was running shit back then. That's back when rock everything was Rockefeller. How Jay said it, only dudes moving units is M Pimp Juice and us. That's, you know, Rockefeller, Eminem, Nelly at that time. All right, boss. Go ahead. Give me your new school vibe of the week. Your new vibe of the week. Got me talking like you, new school. Go ahead. See, now that I hear it coming from somewhere else, it does sound stupid. Doesn't it? Every time. (laughs) Every goddamn time. Yeah, so my new vibe of the week is Maroon 5 with... Beautiful Mistakes. Have you heard that one before? Maroon 5, Beautiful Mistakes. I don't know that song. Man, I heard it for the first time, I want to say about two days ago. Shit, is fire. 
Maroon Five got is good for putting out a bop. They, I'm, they ain't have no rapper or nothing, but nothing on it. Yeah. Okay, you gonna tell me? <laughs> no, that's a setup. I know that was a setup question. So you're not gonna tell you not. So what's the point of you naming a new vibe of the week if you're not gonna tell the listeners? Because it's what it a is? Maroon Five song. You just gonna have to listen to it to figure who's featured on it. It's clearly a female. Okay. So which one? So they got the City Girls on the new vibe of the week. No. Cardi B. Damn, really? I talk about her every two podcasts. You can't, you can't think of it. Megan Thee Stallion. Yes. Yeah, that's your favorite rapper. That makes sense to me. She is actually. She's one of my favorites. I believe you. I believe you. You and your wet ass pussy and all of it. I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> Say yep. <laughs> yep. Nah, nah. I haven't heard knows, it. If I had a hall pass, if there was ever a chance I get a hall pass, Megan. So that'd be a celebrity hall pass. Because, I mean, what's the chances if you get a hall pass, yeah. you're going to be able to use it on Megan of all people? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Zero to none. But if, hypothetically speaking, if I ever had a celebrity hall pass, Megan. Easy. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't knock that. I don't knock that. I man. Celebrity? Um, I know you got one that's at the top of your list. Easy. That you can, boom, her. Mine is Beyonce because I know you respect her and her husband so much. Oh, 100 so Mine is Beyonce. Who is it? 100 percent I wouldn't even I wouldn't even think of Beyonce in my head when I when we was talking about this. See, the problem is, like Catherine said, I be I be too nice to these hoes. So I'm, even in my head, I have these celebrity girlfriends in my head. I would love to know what sparked that conversation. <laughs> we had it on this podcast where we talked about how um we talked about how I be trying to date girls and just, you know, like have a little fun and girls be like, no relationship, relationship me, nigga. So uh, that's what I get. I get a lot of that. <laughs> so my sister said, I'd be too nice to these hoes. I'd be asking them how their day was, caring, following up, <laughs> shit like that. Calling back, shit like that. She's I'd be doing too much. Relationship me, nigga. <laughs> nah, but they, they get like that after 30. So get used to it. Ah, man, you know, I hear you. Even in my even in my brain, the girls I have celebrity crushes on, even in my head, I be giving these girls too much. I be wanting to have full relationships with these girls. Like who? Who's on? The, who's number one on? Who's that list? on the list? Um, once upon a time, it used to be Lauren London, but you know we broke up. Um, back when she started dating Wayne, she dated Wayne, and she had yeah. a baby. Um, we had a little moment where we had rekindled our romance, but then. You know, she got with Nipsey, and I respect the, I respect her situation, so I let that ride. Um, after, after Lauren, anybody who's followed me long enough knows my love for Karuchi Tran. Um, I've always loved Karuchi. I respected her when she got with uh, old Victor Cruz. I respected that, but they've recently broke up. So you know, we you know we just started talking back. You know what I mean? Nothing too crazy. Um, Nafisa Williams. If you know her from Black oh. Lightning, okay, okay, she's on my, she's up there with me. Um, but I be want to have relationships with them because in my head, she's already my girlfriend in my head. So I know this sounds crazy as fuck, but she's already my girlfriend in my head. So I be wanting to be like, I don't want to just fuck for one night. Nah, fuck that. Let's go. Let's want to go to Ruth Chris. Let's fuck a Ruth Chris. Like I, I'm ready. I will break some bread, babe. Where we going? Don't say that. She's going to take you to Salt Bay restaurant. 
and he's gonna be putting that gold flake lamb down your neck. Oh, that shit sounded bad. I don't want to put nothing down my neck. <laughs> hey, ain't he gonna charge you a thousand dollars for it? Ain't he gonna try to? Ain't he gonna try to feed my girl? Cause you know how he did that nigga. He, he fed that girl. And she gonna stick a tongue all out. I wish my girl would. We it be conversation over. We ain't even finna stay. Tell you, I will slap the meat off that knife so goddamn quick. Bro, don't try me like that, dog. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, don't try me like that. All right? Nigga, sprinkle the salt and get the fuck out the way. That's that's, that's it. I'm here to record that shit and get on. Don't be trying to put no yeah. meat in my girl mouth. That's my job. Fuck out of here. Exactly. I ain't gonna do the shit in front of you. Fuck out of here. Anyway, my 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 new vibe of the week uh, is definitely... Like I, I mean, y'all y'all know I ain't been listening to nothing else but J. Cole. So, so my new vibe of the week is Pride is the Devil by J. Cole and Lil Baby. Telling when look, cause you don't even know Lil Baby is on the song when you first listen to it. And he just come, he flow right in. There ain't even no break between his line and Cole's line. One of the best rapper transitions I've ever seen. I enjoy I like I said, this this up there for one of my favorite J. Cole albums ever. And we could save this conversation for another day, but I'll just throw this out there. When the big three is ready to pass the torch to a new big three, Lil Baby is going to be in that bunch. Okay. I've been hearing that a lot. And I like Lil Baby. I really do. But I don't know if I'm ready to give him that pass that all these other podcasts and all these other people have been ready to give him, like, crown him the next guy. I don't know if I'm ready to do that. I like him, but Maybe I don't know. Maybe you haven't heard him rap enough, but the nigga is good. I have heard him rap. I've listened a lot. I have songs on my playlist by Lil Baby. I, I like him. I'm not saying that he's not good. I just don't know if he ready to take the crown. Like, I don't know if he's ready to receive that. I don't know if he's one of the big three. I don't know if he's going to be that. I like him. I'm not taking nothing from him. I think right now he's one of the hottest rappers in the game, period. I just don't know if he's going to be that guy. I can understand that. I can respect that. But I wholeheartedly believe when the big three is ready to pass that torch to the next guy or the next group of guys, it's going to be him. And I don't know who the others I will put next to him at the, at the moment, but he's definitely getting that. He's, he's getting the torch. Okay. All right, man. Anything else you want to bring to the table? Nah, fam. We good. Yeah, I, y'all, I know this is a little quick one, but we getting it out there to you guys. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs, this has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. The podcast where two young professionals bring issues to the table and chop it up. I'm your co-host Marvin, a.k.a. Young Saint, also known as YS God Bless, walking out of your parents' bedroom after relieving your mom's stress, a.k.a. Mr. Flexo and Alexo, about to make your best hoe my next hoe. And y'all know the rest. That man beyond. Turnpike Marv since your ladies for the streets. The somebody son and all the me and somebody son memes. Your favorite co-host Vax Kellerman. And y'all might as well call me Mr. I live in the smoker section. Because I want all the smoke. And the man to the right of me can only be. I'm going to start listening to battle raps and get inspired. Because there's no way. <laughs> I'm gonna let you just freestyle on me like that and not come back. You every week you set the bar high. Every week you come back with something fire. I I, I don't know why you didn't come back okay. with the ones you had. I like Mr. One Way on the runway. That was one of my favorite lines. I said that shit this week. 
I, I like that <laughs> shit. I'm, I might tweet it when I take my little, you know, because you know I'm getting on the flights. When I take my little picture, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I might, I might, you know, when I take my little picture, you know, when people sitting in a little picture like, hey, I'm on a flight. And they put the little FLL because, you know, we flying out of Fort Lauderdale shit. I might yeah. put, you know, Mr. One Way on the runway. You know what I'm saying? I might do that. You got to. It's only right. It's only right. But no, nah, I'm finna go listen to some murder, murder moot, Charlie Clip. <laughs> All that. I got to. I got to get inspired. This next hoe, your best hoe? Oh, my God. No, no, not your next hoe. I'm about to make I'm about to make your best hoe my next hoe. I apologize. Hey, I got to come correct next time. So this week, I am only Frank, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Just Frank. You can email us at the Samurai Professional Podcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at the Samurai Pros. Hit us up with any comments and questions or even topic suggestions. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram and Clubhouse. No, you can reach me on Twitter, Instagram, and Clubhouse at I Can Only Be Frank. Damn, I'm fucking up, bro. It's been a long day. It has, man. Y'all fuck with me, though. Y'all know where to find me. I say this shit after every episode. Like, come on now. Y'all know what it is. So where is it? It's I Can Only Be Frank on all socials. It's consistent as fuck. Marvin, <laughs> where can they find you? And you can find me, I'm consistent as fuck as well, at Marvin X Adams on both Instagram, Twitter, and we can go throw in Clubhouse, too. And we are too consistent as fuck ass niggas, and we are out of here. This has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. Peace. Peace.